I'm John Murphy. And I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the start of a new season that we will be watching the new season of Westworld. Yes, the Watchworld Westworld combo, which is where it all began and where it all returns. We're back from a hiatus. We are actually planning on coming back with James Bond. We have actually re recorded, well, not re recorded, but we have recorded uh, five more movies for that. We have them ready to go, but now with James Bond being delayed and Westworld being earlier in the year, we are going to just start with Westworld. Once Westworld ends, we'll go back to our rewatch of all the James Bond movies, and that will kick off at the end of this season. But I'm really excited for Westworld, John. How about you? Uh, it's interesting because it kind of snuck up on me. So, and I, it's, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a few minds. So, like, one, I just kind of, I knew it was coming out. Didn't really know when. So, the date kind of snuck up to me. And then, like, for me, it's like, yes, I'm, like, intrigued. But I'm also, I felt like a lot of it in the first two seasons was kind of already kind of like i feel i was fulfilled by the end of season two in a lot of ways certainly yeah and so um so part of me isn't as necessarily excited as i was end of season one into two because you were like well what's going to happen next with this whole forward thing and everything kind of coming apart now that we've kind of it's setting up this kind of different type of chapter outside of the park i'm a little bit like like I'm intrigued, but not necessarily as excited as I was, you know, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what I'll say, I think a big part of that is, A, I didn't realize we were as close as we are now to the release, like about a month ago. I thought for some reason it was a little bit further away. Yeah. Um, and B, it's the two-year break. And during that time, we had the Game of Thrones finale, which um, was basically like the last real thing we did here with the show. And then we took a long break because... And this is something I, I wanted to talk about at the top of the show very briefly is we're going to there are so many shows now and podcasts and YouTube channels available to you where commentary culture and fandom is like their primary goal. And that is their job. And they deliver these deep critical analysis. And I feel like everything is flooded by that. And a lot of the times now movies or shows will come out and they are built into these conversations that are meant to last forever and they're very inflammatory a lot of the times whether like it's whether they're over exaggerated by how great they are or over exaggerated by how bad they are because these people need to keep these conversations going forever and what we want to do is offer a slightly more casual take on that because shows like Westworld for a long time they've been that water cooler show idea that we've been trying to return to it was that thing that people talked about with Sopranos and then talked about with Lost and everyone was trying to chase that again 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 we finally got it with a handful of series, and now it's it's be, it's beyond the water cooler. It's not something that like you'd have in common with a friend at work anymore. It's like it's people's identity now is their fandoms, and I think it's making it hard for casual viewers to engage with like podcasts or things like that anymore because now it's kind of like you're either in their club or you're not. So we want to offer you know shorter episodes, more casual takes. We're still going to deliver whatever critical analysis that we have. But we're not going to be scouring Reddit. We're not going to be looking at like the best theories available on the internet, especially because a lot of the times that stuff is leaks. So you know you're going to have those things spoiled for you. And I do think a big part of the disappointment, and although it would be very hard to argue that the finale for Game of Thrones was not rushed, but a big part of the disappointment also partially came from the fact that 
people had now spent years talking, thinking, watching, and reading about what was going to happen in that show. And I think even if it had been done better, there would still be a lot of people who are not happy, even if it was executed well. I do not believe the show is executed well, so I don't think that is the main uh, yeah. reason why people are upset. I think, I think the analogy is that the the environment added gasoline to the already, like, you know, Yes. Like fire problems that were the structure of how they like went about the ending of the show, like did not help that, you know, Martin didn't finish the books before, you know, the show did wanted to and right. created all these complications. It didn't help that, you know, D and D wanted to go off and do other things and were like They kinda, clearly were done. They were a little bit burnout. <laughs> so like that shows up with a lot of problems. And then on top of that, the culture that you talk about sort of added gasoline to that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not here to, to shit on fandoms. It's just that there there used to be a thing that was fun about this, about bringing people in. And now it's become so much of a lifestyle that it, I think it's pushing people out of the conversation. And I think like friendly spaces that are like, hey, it's an hour long TV show. And now you're going to listen to two hours of people talking about it is like, I feel like we've gone wrong somewhere uh, on this path. And I'm not just saying necessarily us, but just like in general. So I think us uh, trying to pair back and make sure like what we're talking about is like worth your time. And we're having like, even if we don't like it, we're still going to have fun with how we talk about it. Yeah. Well, I think this show is going to be more of a conversation versus a like an academic masterclass in. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> in television critique type of yeah. thing. You know, we aren't here to sell you the, the fact that. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of other shows, and particularly a lot of probably Westworld shows that are going to come out here. And yes. it's all going to be about, you know, talking about theories and what they think is going to happen and what it all means and stuff. And I think we can dive into that a little bit, but I think it's more we're in the positivity business of talking about kind of cool shows that are on. Yeah. And celebrating that. So. Absolutely. Um, even if we don't, and if we don't like it, we will like. There's ways to do that without it becoming, I feel like, what all fandom TV discussions are starting to become, and movies as well. So it's just something I want to drop at the start of the show for anyone that's a new listener, anyone that's glad to hear and see that we are back. Because um, I'm excited to talk about this, but I'm growing less and less excited to go on like Twitter and message boards and talk about any other series that I like, whether or not they're well-received or not. Because it's just, I find a lot of places online, or it's just... Um, yeah, it's it's too inflammatory and engaged because it just means too much to too many people now, and everyone and it's such a diverse uh, demographic of people that watch all these shows now that also it's like it means a ton to this person for this reason and, and this person hates it for that reason because just with all these different backgrounds, all these different people, all these different lifestyles, everyone's gonna either have something they love or hate about the show, and when it's really important to them, it, it's like it becomes personal and then it becomes not fun. Yeah, I think for me, the way I kind of look at it is over the last year, we've had Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and and politics, you know, in yeah. general. Um, those three things have kind of, for at least for me, led to like a kind of a general burnout. Yes, of... which I felt as well, which is, I think, a big part of like, it's definitely a part of the pause on this show, too. It's like, I definitely felt burned out by some of that. Well, and so I think... I'm a lot, whereas like maybe before I was really into looking up and researching like 
not spoilers, but like trying to like being part of that more community where it's like yeah. now I'm a little bit more weathered and aged since maybe where I was five to 10 years ago. hundred um, percent. And this year, I think really kind of helped where it's like you had something like Game of Thrones that was around since 2010, 2011, finally coming to an end in a very sort of not satisfactory way in a lot of ways. And then you had Star Wars come to the current trilogy come to an end in a very interesting way that I think is very, you know, divisive. Amongst very a divisive. Yeah. Um, critically, qu- critically not well received. Most audiences still like it generally, generally, but it's not, I don't, there's no one out there that, um, I mean, there's definitely people out there that think it's their favorite. I think they're kind of crazy for that. Um, I like what they did, but I also think it was poorly executed. Yeah. The people that liked it were really big into cocaine. And so, (laughs) I mean, I like it, but I do think it's poorly executed. I'm sort of in the middle there, but that's also because for me, the end of Star Wars, I just cared more about how things wrapped up than anything because it was kind of like, it's been such a long journey. I just want things to end in a good way for these characters. And I cared kind of less about how we got to that point. Just because like the character, and that's sort of what we're talking about. The characters meant a lot to me. So I just cared that the characters that meant a lot to me, I felt like it ended in a place where I could be okay with it. And it did, at least for me. But that's the problem is it it becomes uh, personal with this stuff. So I think that's why it needs to be more casual because, um, and this will be the last thing I want to say about it, but I do think, and this is something that's in like games coverage as well. There's this idea that people that cover media are supposed to look at these things objectively. And that's some like old lie that I think we've sold ourselves on because there's no way you can look at art objectively really, other than looking at like brush chokes. If you're looking at a painting or looking at, the composition of a frame or looking at the sound engineering. Otherwise, it's all subjective how we interpret this. And I think for that reason, it's always been personal. And so I think we all need to just like remember that so we can enjoy it more. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that being said, I guess we should just kind of quickly do a recap of thoughts and everything on Absolutely. Westworld so far. Um, how much yeah. of season one do you think we need to bring up? I feel like we could just like pop through that unless you want to yeah i i would say the the thing about season one is i think it was a very solid season of television i think it didn't necessarily go too crazy and it didn't like but then it didn't make a lot of mistakes or it felt like it had a lot of things i felt were missteps so i think and so it felt very in the middle in a lot of ways um but i think it's when you watch it it's a very engaging thing the biggest thing come out of that was the whole idea of the show played with multiple timelines and because you had characters that didn't age it that wasn't very clear at first and so it made the kind of reveal later with William and Dolores it's like that was all sort of very kind of cool the crux of the show yeah I mean that was that was an amazing moment yeah so there's definitely a lot there and then when we get to season two I felt the way I describe it to people, there's higher highs and lower lows in season two, um, where I think they go to go places where uh, I think are actually really cool and really interesting. But then I think they also do some things that are very, don't end up, I think, working as well as maybe they thought to me, like, and that works for me personally. Um, uh, and so, so it's like, a, you can be almost like a little bit more mixed about it, but I, I enjoy season two more, I think overall. But I would say season uh, okay. one was more solid. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I think I love season two also just as like a concept because they continue with the nonlinear storytelling that you find in season one. But in season one, it was very clear when you were in another time, or at least it seemed. And when it wasn't, um, you were still kind of able to tell, like, is something off here? I'm not sure. But in season two, we had no idea for a while that we were watching things really like out of order. I I would actually disagree. I think... I think it, they make it very clear with Bernard's character that, like, he's reminiscing and he's like, you see these flashbacks. And they very much set up in the first part about what happened after this big event happened on the island. And then they cut back to the moments after Ford's plan is in effect and he's shot and killed. And, and you see these, like, timelines going. And they eventually, you know, merge at the end of the season. Whereas, like, in season one, they don't make it clear at all that you're in timelines. You think that William and I forget the brother's name, but like you, you those two guys are just on like two guests at a park and then you Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess what I meant more was about like with Maeve because they had all the stuff that was happening with Maeve, which we knew was more directly right after. We knew Bernard was more in the future, but there was a certain point in which it seemed like they were going to meet up, but they didn't actually meet up. It was more like those things concluded and then we jumped forward. Yeah. There wasn't actually like a like there was no, you know, crossing of those roads. And that was the thing that threw me off because um, older William, like we don't actually know when that stuff was happening with him. Like there was definitely a part of that stuff that was happening to him that was happening directly after those events. And then there was some of the stuff that's happening with him that was in the future. And we don't know where those crossroads are because we see this sort of like blending of him heading to the forge. And we don't know like how those two things yeah I, I guess the question for that the whole william question is how much of it was actually events that happened and versus what was part of the fidelity test for his right. his mind that's been now copied and is in the future being trying to put into a, a host and trying to figure it out um my theory on that was just Everything we saw happened, and then they add that button at the very end of the season in which, oh, it's like in the future, he's now a host body, and what, you know, the leading up to that was everything within the park that was recorded into the forge, and so all that stuff did happen. It's just, it's probably been replayed a bunch of times over and over Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, there's... A lot of they season two, I think, does more. There's just more stuff they do. Yes, they ask more of the viewer too. Yes, and and I think yeah, the structure they add to more of what was built on season one. Right, the ideas. I everything. I think the strongest stuff for me was the James Dalos kind of storyline. A hundred percent. He made that whole thing. Yeah, the Abernathy stuff was and James Dalos so good. Yeah, and I think. For me, it all kind of culminated, and I think the best moment for me in in the series was when you're seeing these scenes where William is meeting with the James Dallas host, and it's like not working out, and then you get to the point where Bernard and Elsie open that door, and then you realize, oh, that's the where James Dallas is, and you're like, oh shit, and then he's like gone fucking crazy, and he's like on his little Peloton bike, like, and his eyes are gouged out, and you're like, oh shit, so. Yeah, and doesn't that also connect farther back to season one with uh, Abernathy and 
the daughter of Delos. Yeah, because Abernathy the photo, sees, like the photo, yeah, yeah the photo of uh, so, William's wife. That was a great payoff, which was, which was Delos's daughter, wasn't it? Because yes. William, yeah. yeah, he was marrying um, the, the family. Yeah, all that stuff was great. The Forge stuff was good. Um, Maeve becoming like Neo in the Matrix was awesome. Uh, the the thing the thing I think that's most interesting about this season, because season two was originally the idea was like. The hosts are free. You know, the puppet master is gone. Ford is gone. He has set his creations loose to see if they will survive. But actually, that was a fake out. And season two was actually still a part of his plan because he realized just letting these things have free will wasn't going to get them to safety. So he had to build in Maeve basically like a backup and then also like had an AI of himself created and like... There are very there are a variety of levels to his master plan, but that's what makes me so excited about the new season. Is Ford is gone now? Like it really feels like that's true. I'm kind of hoping it is. Like as much as I think you know he's a great actor, I would love to see Anthony Hopkins again. Um, I feel like the show, unless they have a, a brilliant idea, I can't conceive of, which is entirely possible. I think the show will be better served as like its its own thing now, living without him because it. it puts all these characters it's kind of like okay you raise these kids now let's see what they do yeah no i could it gives them i think a new direction to explore which is a good thing at the same time yes like i would agree anthony hopkins is such a great actor just to watch that like yeah that's going to be a a pretty big missing presence of the show um and then two i think the strength for me is the fact of the show taking place in the park. And when you sure. leave that, there's some risk there that you're now entering not not just a new world, but also a new genre in a lot of ways. Um, or in, Which, or what the show kind of started as. And now you're, it's like, are we now, is it going to be like a Blade Runner type of like kind of sort of storyline are we dealing with here? Or, you know, like you're kind of getting down to territories of other stuff. That's this is the there. Jurassic Park sequel test, right? Yes. Like, how do you bring the dinosaurs off the island and make it satisfying? <laughs> this is this is what we're doing. But I I got to tell you, as as much as I was worried about that, I mean, my first instinct at the end of season two was, this is incredible. I can't wait to see what they do. Then over the last two years, I thought about it. I got worried. The new trailer came out, and it really looks like they put a lot of time and money into making the outside world look really unique and interesting and that gives me a lot of hope that they're going to do something new and cool there but um what i'm guessing is instead of a non-linear story with time hopping i'm sure there'll probably be some kind of flashbacks or flash forwards i'm guessing that we're going to have a park storyline and an outside world storyline as to how they're going to split the story beats this time yeah i mean i my guess is that we're going to have it's going to jump pretty, not too far, but some sometime after the ending of this uh, second season. And you're yeah. maybe going to get a little bit of what happened immediately after. To, and then and that'll catch up or they'll flash back to certain things that happened. You know, they could even do exposition, though, even though it's like clearly not the best form of writing. But if they could have, you know, someone talking to whoever the new head director is at Westworld and saying... Well, the last two and a half years of rebuilding were sure hard, but we did it. And then, like, it 
cuts, you know, open, like, you see the saloon, and you see Maeve, like, back at her old haunt, and they could easily do that, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah. They could do I don't think they're gonna, they're, they, I think they're gonna do, like, maybe the return to the ruins of Westworld's, just so they can reuse some of those sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in dreams or in visions and other things like that. I, I think it's probably gonna be predominantly set in, you know, the the real world. Oh, you think? Yeah. Even with Maeve being alive? Yeah. I think from at least from what they're setting up in the trailers, I mostly going off of that oh. where it seems like all these characters are now outside the park and they're in the real world as, and they're kind of being set up against one another in certain ways. So it seems like Dolores is doing one thing, Maeve is doing another thing. It seems like they're going to be pitted against each other. Bernard's kind of in the middle. It's just sort of like I think maybe Bernard is probably going to be well, still but, in the park. But Maeve's no, but Maeve's in the park. Bernard's not because we know Dolores was talking to Bernard That's true. at the end oh, of the sorry. second season. I think he maybe goes back to the park in some weird way or like maybe. But see, that's that's why I was thinking a lot of it would take place in the park is that Maeve will be there still and she's going to have to figure out how to without Ford's help now this time get out again. And like well, I, I, here's my theory. And and this is just basing off the last sort of final trailer is that maybe she's in the park. Dolores has essentially started a, you know, revolution of types or some sort of underground type of, you know, terrorist type of thing going on. And whoever are the powerful interests that are trying to stop that go and pull Maeve out of the park. They go find her because it's like, oh, you are someone just as powerful that can stop Dolores and they're gonna influence. I was thinking it'd be like an outside versus inside kind of a faction, and then yeah. like it's like almost like the salvation of the outside world will come from the robots, the hosts in the park instead of the people. Yeah, I mean, well, they ne- they haven't really done a good job, or not not done a not to say done a good job, but like they haven't really made humans really the focus of the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't think they're necessarily going to be saviors in other ways or there's going to be a couple of human characters like the third Hem, you know, Hemsworth brother is like really the only last remaining human character left that we care about right <laughs> uh what's his face um, oh that's a good point I didn't consider that um yeah that you know I have to say the kill the the death of the other designer um my gosh, I cannot believe I'm blanking on his name at this very moment. I was going to call him Johnny. It's like Johnny or Jimmy. It's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> British yeah, guy. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but his his death was Lee. Lee Sizemore. Yeah. That's right. That was the one thing in the whole show that I was like, what are we doing here? That was, I was, I was bummed about that one. And, and Elsie at the kind of very, almost a similar time too. Yeah. That's true. They were I the really kind of last two like human characters that you kind of truly had some sort of feeling for because you felt like they were a little bit trapped in the system themselves, um, and you wanted them to su- succeed. So, and William's daughter too, who was like one of my favorite new characters, and I was really hoping was going to become like a regular. Yes, and I think she will, but not a, obviously as a. I think she'll be make an appearance, and and I think be featured in the show here but i think it's mostly as whatever they kind of hinted at at the end of the second season which is a host yeah i i 
think you're right. We will spend more time out of the park than in, but I do think it'll be like uh like two thirds out, one third in. I think there'll be a significant amount of time in, especially when you consider we know there's at least two other parks that we haven't seen. So I think there's like six parks and we know about um what was it? Uh well there's Raj. The, the Raj, Shogun, Westworld. Shogun, Westworld. Those are the three we've seen so far. Yes. So, like, they're they're going to return to those. I mean, that could be a fourth season thing, but my well, guess is... We'll and I, I think we, we get something. this... We, there's a hint of uh, Nazi world. Nazi-occupied world, at least. Oh, that's right, which is insane. So, it's like World War II occupied... It's, just, it's probably ter- just, like, World War world. Yeah. <laughs> or War where, world. It might just be War be, world. Yeah, maybe. Or it's like you can be, like, a... You're a... Um, you know, one of these European countries has been occupied and you're like a resistance person, fighter, or some sort yeah. of things going on. It w- that would be an interesting fake out if spy it world, wasn't maybe. that. Oh, spy. Yeah, yeah like, that would be cool. Speaking of James Bond, which we started with. Well, like. <laughs> and I know we discussed this in the back uh, in the previous season, but we did like our, our predictions of what. And I think future world, which it looks like they're turning into the outside world. Um. So Future World was one of the things in the original West World. So I'd be surprised if they yeah. don't have some kind of Future World, unless like the whole concept is we're going to take Future World, make that the actual Earth now. I and think then, so. I feel yeah. like w- us watching the you know <laughs> the original movie in which they go to the Future World, that felt very much like oh, it's Tomorrowland, right? Yeah. Um, but then I- Medieval World or. Yeah like a Jurassic world. One of those two, I feel like we got to get, especially because the original one had a sort of medieval, they had the Roman world. So. I had Roman and medieval were the two yeah. ones in that one. That's so one of those is a good bet. War world would be cool if it wasn't just world war two. If it was like, Oh, we're in the, we're in the Vietnam section. We're in the civil war section. We're in this section. I think it's going to be like a spy world, but set during, World War Two. I think it's like yeah, it probably will be. I think when you that's have a kind of likely. like that sort of specific villain and sort of you're dealing with that. I, I, yeah, so that's what I think. Like World World would be because you you would have to deal with multiple different times and you have to kind yeah. of you have to pick an era basically you want to be in. Yeah. And, and they could do. I there's the possibility that they could do like a really creative thing too, like a magic world or a monster world. You know. Well, as if I was a park designer, I think, or at least getting in the mind of the park designers, I think what they want to create is a world in which you can play out multiple storylines. And I think they want to add elements of romance and other things that like besides just like action. And so I think when you have these worlds, like I say, spy worlds, like, oh, you have, you can do like, you can be like super violent, but you can also be like sneaky and, and then you can also fall in love and you can also do these like things, you know, so you can do a lot. And I think that's the point. And so purely then just doing, they don't want to just do a, a world in which you just shoot a gun. You know, they want worlds in which you feel completely immersive and part of some like a larger pur- like purpose in some ways. Space world. <laughs> you can't fall in love in space. No. It, there's, I, I'm hoping we see a, another place, which uh, we definitely will, according to the trailers. I'm hoping there it will be really interesting and cool. Um, what else should we chat about on this? I mean, we're coming into this. Where where are all of our characters? We know Dolores left the park at the end of the last season in the body of Charlotte. Um, um yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so she's kind of in two bodies right now. She's in Dolores. Yes, like she's in her own body, and then she has Charlotte's body. Yes, and my guess is she's going to put someone else into Charlotte's body. Um, She took Peter Abernathy's pearl, or sorry, um, Delos, right? Yeah, she had, what, five different pearls? Yeah, and one of them is Bernard, so we don't know who two of them are. Um, We know it's not Teddy. We know it's not Maeve. Like, so it's going to be... Is it possible there's a Ford pearl that we didn't know about? You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah Ford, I think, I don't know. There's, you know, Dolores is very personal. Like, I think she takes yes. her personal relationships right. So it's like, you would assume that everyone she takes is someone that has very been very close to her or she feels yes. very close with. So she wouldn't just kind of take random characters. Like, she wouldn't take, you know, someone like Elsie's, you know, mind. It's like, yeah. she, you know. Um, she wouldn't take Clementine, you know. And, it'd well, be Teddy. It would be basically like Teddy, maybe Clementine. But that's the thing; it can't be. It can't be Teddy because we know Teddy went into the Valley Beyond. Maybe he has a. She has a copy of him. I thought. I mean, that's possible, but I think the whole point of that end thing there was everyone who made it into that are gone. Like, I think we don't ever see Teddy again. Yeah, I mean, I, it's very possible. Um, um, and you know what I just realized? Logan Delos. Mm. Who is sort of like a ghost in the machine? He definitely has something that could have probably been downloaded into a like a pearl, so that would be a good one because he hates Delos and he hates William, so he would probably be someone to help her take everything down. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess the question is like, and if that fits in with her, her plan. But then is like bringing back people that are clearly dead in the in the real world. Like they know that Logan Delos is dead. Right. And that James Delos is dead. Like, does bringing him back do anything? For well, her? but that's that's what I mean. Like, it, you probably not in their bodies. Like, you make they would make new host bodies because they have that printer at um, Bernard's place, at Arnold's old place. Yeah. So that's that would be my guess there. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I'm obviously like the biggest questions are what's going to happen outside because inside it's like they're going to reconstruct. Yeah. Here's a here's a fun funny question what okay. um modern or what pop songs do you think will get covers will get intriguing you know uh oh. cinematic cover <laughs> because in the trailer and I, I i did not enjoy this cover as much but they did sweet child of mine by guns and roses yeah, it, for the trailer it grew on me the more i heard it because i rewatched it a few times it's a little but, goofy um, it's a little goofy to yeah me. it's okay I, I really enjoyed the season two trailer of heart shaped box I think it was really cool. Yes. That was a really cool yeah. cover. And so, like, obviously they wanted to keep with that theme, but it just, the piano is a very, it's a very, like, catchy, like, piano kind of tune, and um, the melody is just very, like, funny. And so, when you're, like, kind of mixing in, like, Dolores shooting people in dead and <laughs> mix with this kind of little bit upbeat song, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, the dichotomy of those two things together is always interesting. Yeah. Um. This is a tough question for me. I uh, if if you allow me to, because I am bad at I have terrible recall with certain things. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna think on this one. Yeah. And next week, <laughs> I'll give you like a couple that I think will be good. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I really thought about it either. It's just a question that pops yeah. in my head. Of no, that's that, a great question. You know, they're gonna have like at least two to three, you know, licensed songs that are gonna get like some sort of like piano slash certainly you know instrumental sure. cover, which will be fun. Yeah. I think that's an awesome question. 
which like I'm I'm gonna try and think like thematically what are some songs that stylistically you wouldn't you know are very different but thematically would fit possibly what's gonna happen in this season and what like what's happening on the show um that's a great question uh so we know where we are we know where our characters are we don't really know where they're going that's pretty much this whole show and i gotta tell you as someone who completely checked out on the mandalorian until it was like an episode or two in and then i started watching it gosh uh i am excited to like abstain from like speculation and other kinds of discussions so that I can just watch the show every week and then just talk about it with my friends, talk about it with you on here uh, and put out a fun show for people so that we can like enjoy watching it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, you and I both really enjoyed a show like Watchmen, which I felt like, yeah, you know, was one that had that kind of weekly buildup leading to a finale, but yeah. didn't have, at least to us, the burden like some of these other shows have or movies have had to deal with where a very rabid fan base, I think the Watchmen fan base is just kind of a very niche group. And so it's not like they're a very vocal group. And yeah. so because um, it, there's really like only one main centerpiece for it, you know, and it's I, like I will they've say all you been... did have that whole like people, you know, that whole like political conversation about it because of the sure the setup of the, of the show. Um, yeah. So I guess there was a little bit of controversy around it but not necessarily you know i felt felt like it was done really well not from what we've seen in star wars and game of thrones and stuff you know <laughs> so. i mean the just they they had a lot of time to be able to put this together and make a show uh and that's it again that that makes me excited for for this show because they've had two years to do this and the last time they didn't wait until you know, the season one, they waited until it was basically done. They looked at their ratings because it's a very expensive show. It takes a long time. And they said, cool, we're going to do another one. Yeah. Season two, they did the same thing. So we had to wait 18 months between season one and two. And then after season two, they greenlit three. But that time they were like, you know what? This is great. We trust you. We're going to give you three and four. So my hope is we're, we don't have like 22 months again between season threes and four. My guess is I think we're going to have it sometime next year for season four. Yeah. And I think. Also, I want to add to a couple of other things I'm interested in. I'm interested to see how Aaron Paul's character kind of fits into yeah. all this because I feel like, you know, I think he's so synonymous with Breaking Bad and being Jesse Pinkman that it's like almost kind of that's pigeonholed him a little bit in yeah. some ways. And like he hasn't necessarily had that like next kind of breakout role or like in a way that's like helped him define it as a broader actor. So it'll be interesting to see how what his character does in this and how big of a, of a character he is in the show. I, gosh, I almost like, I keep forgetting that he's going to be in this because it's, you know, third season going into a show. You don't think about like new characters, but I think he might be the solution to, well, there aren't humans to root for. Yeah. Like we don't really have that person and we really do need, I think a human to root for. And it's clearly that they're, I think that they're setting up this kind of thing of in the real world, like in, the Westworld parks, there is this sort of class difference where there's the working class and then there's sort of the rich and powerful that seem to own everything and control the world. And right. Dolores seems to want to appeal to that in the sense that, oh, I'm going to make allies with some certain human characters to get my ends. Now, is that ultimately, does she want to, you know, topple the power structure and then dominate humans or does she want to 
live in a kind of co-equal system. Yeah, she that's a good question. That's because I don't know if I believe the idea that she actually wants to kill all humans, but I think she wants to destroy the people responsible for subjugating and it's subjugating hosts and humans. So I think that she wants to break the system and not break. You know, she's very she's very Daenerys Targaryen, break the wheel kind of a leader, very ruthless. And maybe Aaron Paul will be our Jon Snow. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah, we'll see. I think. It'll be interesting. I like saw they started posting today. I think as we record, they were they were releasing some like just cast photos of like them in like just you know promotional things, not in like the show, but just sort of outside the show. Yeah, the cast photos and like randomly, like Marshawn Lynch is going to be in this in this season. From he's great, the, you know, Beast Mode, legendary running back. Like great, you know. I'm interested to see what he's going to bring to this. Um, there's like so I think there's opportunities with leaving the world and now that we're kind of talking about it, i'm actually getting more excited about the yeah. show <laughs> me too <laughs> um whereas like i wasn't necessarily before but i think there's definitely opportunities here with a new location and new directions to go that i think yeah there's i think it could be i think it could be really good so and that's i and that just brings me back to my original point of why i'm personally like i am this is pretty much and other than maybe i'll tweet about it the only place i'm going to talk about this show other than like with my friends i'm not going to be on forums or message boards or anything because the fact that i know so little about where this could go because i'm not reading other people's speculation which means i'm also not accidentally reading leaks because there are leaks for all shows now and people repackage them as their speculation and their theories and if you're watching a lot of that stuff you're bound to see the real endings to things without ever knowing it. Um, not knowing anything is great. Like the unknown, this show has been very unpredictable and I kind of want to keep that going because that is uh, a fun thing. Yeah. We live like in an unpredictable society <laughs> every day. Who knows what's happening? So, um, Hey, we could all be dead by next week. So who knows? Yeah. So, well, yeah, if I get coronavirus, then I will, I'll go read the spoilers just in case. Well, you'll just have more time to watch things because it's self-quarantine. So. That is true. Um, John, I think that's an episode. I think that's an episode. That's... Uh, look forward to Watch World uh, Monday mornings so that you can listen to it on your drive to work or while you're quarantined in your home. <laughs> All right.